Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. everyone, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Dave Leslie. Now Dave is the founding member and lead guitarist of one of the biggest bands to come out of Australia, The Baby Animals. The Baby Animals are one of my all-time favorite bands and they were one of the biggest bands in the early 90s. Now The Baby Animals self-titled debut album won numerous awards. It was the second biggest album in Australia in 1992, four-time platinum and three-time ARIA award winners. Now the Baby Animals and Dave toured with Van Halen, Brian Adams and Robert Plant. Now unfortunately in 1996 the Baby Animals broke up but in 2007 they reformed. Now the band is still currently playing live and recording new material. Now Dave has also worked with some of the biggest names in the rock music, The Angels, Jimmy Barnes, Richard Clapton, to name a few. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We have a link tree which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, we also have a link tree. It tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services. We also have VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. At Tell Craig Your Story. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Baby Animals guitarist Dave Leslie on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi Dave, how are you going tonight? G'day Craig, very well. Thanks very much for having me aboard. No worries, thanks for coming on, really do appreciate it, like we just talked about before. A big Baby Animals fan, my first cassette that I ever paid money for, Baby Animals. So first up, we are just talking about it also, about the Cambridge, originally from the coast. So do you have any memories of any Cambridge gigs? Um, the Cambridge Hotel in Newcastle, mm. I was in a band called Swing Shift, the Cold Chisel Tribute Band. Yes. To do Cambridge a fair bit, actually. 
Right. Yeah, that was one of our, our regular haunts. And then, you know, when Baby Animals first started, we'd do supports up there. And I think we eventually got a, a headline at the Cambridge, which used to be next door to the Parthenon Milk Bar, right, which was made famous <laughs> by Bob Hudson's Newcastle song, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cambridge is pretty dear to my heart. Yeah. So it's sad to, to see it go the way of the dinosaur yeah yeah it is a shame like you think of all the newcastle bands and and even the central coast bands that they all started i first show that i ever played was at the cambridge as well so oh, okay. uh, exactly. yeah the, the bel-air yes uh, the, palais. the palais the jolly oh, okay. roger way back way <laughs> yes. back kind of you know early 80s kind of vibe yeah. i think swing shifts used to a lot a lot of gigs at the palais as well yeah that right. was a yeah, big old theatre, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit of a review for 2023. I noticed you're, you're playing some shows and you're also doing some uh, seminars as well, like uh, coming and talking music. Well, it's one thing I can do is talk. <laughs> you know, might as well go and talk to people. We have a thing called the, the Sessions, which is like an adult rock academy sort of thing, you know, sort of weekend warriors type of vibe. and So I get, get to do a bit of that, which is it's, it's good. You know, yeah, it's great that you can tell some stories and swap some gags and meet, you know, other and other adults, which is right. yeah, it's interesting. doing. You know, people come from all walks of life to do that sort of thing. So yeah, that's you know been an interesting experience as well. Yeah, corporate guys who say, "Geez, I you know I'd love to do what you do," and I think to them, "Well, oh, geez, I wouldn't mind doing what you do." Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, roll, roll the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I saw Roll Brit. Brit. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, well, that whole the P word that we don't we don't want to mention. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it, it really well. I'll, I'll call it P because it gives you perspective yeah. on stuff. And I'm I'm never going to complain about sitting in the van on the way to a gig at all. Oh yes, you <laughs> yes. to do it all the time. And all of a sudden, when it when the rug gets pulled out from underneath you and you don't have it anymore, and you kind of if you take it for granted. And all yeah. of a sudden, it gets taken away. It gives you a completely different perspective when it when you finally get to re you know experience it again. So that's been an interesting kind of journey as well. Yeah, but yeah. so yeah, Robert is a, a four piece band, sometimes five, with myself and and two guys, Mick so Peter Maslin, sorry, and John from Boom Crash Opera, and Mick Peeling, right. the legend Peeling, the mighty rock from Stars, Come on. and the occasional Scotty Griffiths on guitar. That do 60s and 70s British rock. Right. The perfect crime. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's, the, it's the stuff that we all grew up on. And, you know, we, we do, it goes all right. We get you know, a bunch of houses full of people who, you know, love to hear that stuff. We yeah. love to play it. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, and have you done any uh, shows this year with Truck as well? Or was that more towards last year? Truck's done a couple this year. Hmm. Uh, we just sort of just, on the on the roll, we're fixing to record in the next couple of months. The budget's set, the producers set, the studios booked, the the album's written. Yeah, we're, right. We're kind of not fighting, but we're discussing over the the best twelve songs to do because right. it's a songwriting machine. This thing. Which well, that's is, not a that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice problem to have. Yes, it is. It really yes. Is. <laughs> yeah, and so um, we've sort of made it a made a final twelve, and we're gonna yeah we're gonna put a record out and and do that. But it's a great band. We did a rehearsal last night where we're we're supporting Electric Mary at the corner on the fourteenth of Corner Hotel in Melbourne 
on the 14th of April, and so we 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 just banged through the set. We've just been banging through the set. Yeah, yeah it's gonna come be on. Good, really You're good. Tired. All right. And, We're a bunch uh, of guys. We're all the same age. It's like a men's shed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we used to talk about you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now it's like recipes, remedies, renovation, <laughs> recuperation. <laughs> In terms of the baby animals, are you writing new material? Are you, I see that you've got some shows mid-year already booked up. Uh, we have some shows booked, yeah, mid-year. There's another one coming up on April 22. I think it's the Gumball, west of Newcastle. It's about an hour and a half west of Newey. So we're, we're out in the out in the scrub, man. We're out in the sticks. It's going to be great. Mud Honey are going to do it, and a whole bunch of other different, quite eclectic bands are going to do it. Right. But you know, it's just, we're still sort of tossing and you know tossing around ideas and back and forth. But I live in Melbourne these days. She's in Sydney. Right. Mick, our drummer's in Hobart. Dario's in Sydney. So it, it makes it a little bit difficult to get together in a room. Yeah. In a room like we used to in the old days when it yeah. was a full time job. You know? <laughs> yeah. Not really. A, it's it's a job job, but it's it's a diff, You know, we have other income streams, I guess. Yeah. How do you do that? And how does the touring schedule work now with you all working and playing in other bands? Is it difficult to sort of, like you said, get together and then actually book shows? You just got to keep on. You just got to keep on top of your diary and make sure that you don't haven't said yes to right. two things yeah. on the one night, you know, and make sure. That, well, obviously, baby animals is a priority. Right. So that's that's it, and that's a, that's a given. And then the other bands will then you know when we're available because the other guys in Royal Brit. Uh, you know, they, they play in other bands. The truck thing is, well, it's a labour of love, right? You don't get paid to do that because it's a, all original. Yeah. It's a labour of love. It's it, So your income stream has to kind of, you've got to eat before mm. you play. That's right. You don't yes. eat, you don't play. So, yes. you know, truck has to kind of work around that. But so far, so good. I mean, touch wood, it's been going okay, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a juggling act. But if you can, if you manage, if you can manage stuff, far enough out of the out of the date then then you're okay so let's go back into the timeline let's you said before that you're a central coast boy were you born in central coast yeah me yeah my mum's a farmer moore's a pharmacist my dad's an industrial engineer his company moved in 1972 they they uh what you call it decentralized it was a sydney-based company and he scored a general manager gig because he designed the production line at this lock manufacturing firm that went to Wyong. So we ended up in Killarney Vale, which is sort of close, mm. you know, close enough. And uh, my mum, being a city girl, thought she'd move to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it, took her a little, it took her a little while to uh, to put it that way. <laughs> yes. you know? yeah. But it was an adventure because we had bush in the backyard. Yeah. Was, you know, there was probably... In our little little block, there was probably seven or eight houses, and the rest just just bush. Those what do you call it? Ghost gums. You know, see snakes, you get leeches, all that sort of stuff, man. So we spent all day, all afternoon, and every weekend over the back fence in the bush, making bike tracks, cubby houses, and all that sort of stuff. You know, occasionally playing guitar. And what was the music scene like when you first moved there? I mean, um, there was a there was a couple of gigs in in Gosford. There was a, the Strand Bar at the Union Hotel. There was the Central Coast uh, Leagues Club, which was like, a, you know, the massive auditorium, Wyong Leagues, Long Jetty Hotel. Mm. Uh, so there's a cover, there was cover bands. When I when I first started playing in bands, actually my one of my first serious gigs was at the Willows Restaurant at West Gosford. And I played mm. with a uh, 
uh, Kiwi guys who were great because they play and sing anything, these two guys, right? right. And I'm just like the little fella. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. I met him through a bunch of mutual friends. But I'm, I'm at year, I was in year 10, 11, doing like, you know, Thursday, Friday nights, playing in this restaurant, trying to do George Benson stuff, and they didn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, boy, just, just boil away, just do what you do. Yeah. And it's good because it was good ear practice. Right. I, didn't know the, I didn't know these songs. I'm, like, I'm looking at these other guys' hands going, okay, cool, just trying to figure out what's going on. It was such good ear training. Yeah, Paul and John Packey, if you're listening. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. And so I'm I'm doing gigs and I'm tired sitting in, in physics class the next morning. Everyone's like being tired from staying up and studying and I'm tired from, what do you do? Oh, I went out and did a gig. <laughs> That's rock and roll. Come on. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. So you know, I kind of cut my teeth that way. So there was there was places to play, but there was no scene as such. You know, you, you had to kind of go probably Sydney because you know Sydney was where when you watched um, Donny Sutherland the Sounds thing every Saturday morning. There's you know the preferred attractions and there's all these gigs that you see the DY Manly Hotel, right. all these places, and you think, oh man, I, I just used to think to myself. I want to go out and get, I need to get some of that. I want to get some of that action. Yeah. And were your mother and father, were they involved in the music entertainment? Were they big into their music? Or how did you discover your playing guitar and playing music? Well, they both were, actually. Well, Dad, Dad was more of a hipster bongo dude. Oh. You know, because he had the, the bongos and the white pants and all that sort of stuff and the parties. He'd do the bongo. Yeah, right. To play organ in church. And so at home we had this old pump pump organ one of those air powered things and um used to watch all the music programs back in the day even before we moved to the central coast because we moved from sydney yeah remember watching um you know brian henderson well vaguely watching brian henderson's bandstand johnny yeah, right. six o'clock rock he hosted this this rock program there was a, a program called gtk on um getting to know on the abc just before the news, I think probably, you know, 6.50 or so, just had like a 10-minute snippet of Sunbury or Kevin Borich or Daddy Cool. And I just, mm. I was saying to my son tonight about Sunbury, the first time I ever saw um, Billy Thorpe. Right. Him doing this Les Paul thing at, at Sunbury with his Les Paul, and he's shaking his head doing it, you know, most people I know. I'm just thinking, that. <laughs> You know, because we had real hippies living next door to us. You know, my parents are like, they, they called them hairies. I'm like, can I grow my hair long? They're like, no, they're hairies. They used to yeah. drive around in a combi van. I'm like, wow, these are the fucking, and they were really nice to me, you know what I mean? I was right. just a kid. They were really cool. They were probably, they were probably really stoned and throwing fris- frisbees around, but, like, I just thought that was unreal. I thought that was really cool. So eventually, when I was old, I got to be older. I got to be a hairy, you know, oh. around 92. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> and it says here that you started playing at nine. Everywhere. It said you started playing guitar on your, your tennis racket. Tennis racket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so was it nine, nine, ten years old? Right? Nine, ten years old. I gave a recital, a, a, a version of um, American Pie on my dining room table with a tennis racket. She's going, get down from here. <laughs> get down. I can still see her now. She's like, cut. Get down and go a long, long time ago. I just went to the stage. Mum and dad were out. So yeah, I'm like, right. man's looking after us. All bets are off. 
so I'm, I'm up there, you know, with the thing. It's I don't know, it's it's a vague memory, but it's and she. I just remember her saying, "You hop, down, you hop down." What was the first guitar that you ever bought? Oh man, I wish you'd gonna ask me that question. It's downstairs in the lounge room. Oh right, right. yeah, it's still it's the lounge room banger. It's still everyone ah. still plays it. It's a little three quarter size like Suzuki or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's still in tune. Yeah, right. Use it every so often on you know on sessions where you go. I know exactly what this is. This little nylon. I'll use it on ads. It's yeah. It's still the it's still the banger. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you form your first band, or when did you look at joining a band at that stage? Early high school. Yeah. No, the actually first band was in year six. Yeah, Brett's Bombers. We played at the Kalani Vale Primary School. Fate. Brett had rocking rocking crowd. Biggest, that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It was two guitars, no bass player, and drums. And Brett, my friend Brett, had the biggest drum kit I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, took, it took five minutes to go and hit every time on a drum fill. Because <laughs> right. I'd finally, you know, graduated to electric guitar after a couple of years of, of the banger. Mm. And I met a mate who also had an electric guitar. And we're like, let's form a band. Right. And my guitar teacher gave us a couple of fuzz pedals. We plugged into these things. I'm not exactly sure how it sounds. My dad only took like home movie video, Super 8 video of the vision. Yes. So thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to hear how it sounds, but I'll never, I'll never know how it sounds, you know. Wow. Yeah, but it, that was the early. We just, we loved it. Yeah. We, loved, we didn't care how we sounded. It was just the yeah. whole experience, you know. Getting up there and just playing really loud. Yeah. As loud as we could. Yeah, and yeah. all the kids thought we were great and. Who cares what the parents thought? That's you know, right. they're old. Who cares? That's right. And then how, how did you learn? Did you have lessons or were you self-taught? Because uh, a lot of my guitar, I was pretty much self-taught, just listening to it by ear. But if yeah. I wanted to learn a song, I, I would just listen to it and try and work it out myself first. Uh, it's the best way to do it. Let you eat, let your ears do the walking mm. sometimes. But um, my mum got me uh, hooked up with this guy called Warren Target and he taught guitar in the entrance. Right. So that was the first few years of, of that. Just the basic, you know, primary colours and everything like that. He's, he's a great musician, great singer. 12 bar like, blues. 12 bar blues. Yeah. Until I brought, I, in 1977, I took in the cassette of, Van, of Eruption. Oh, <laughs> game <I> said, over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went, oh, you've got to give this guy a call. And it was his lead guitar player. Yeah. So I started to do – I did both for a while. Yeah, right. I did wow. Warren, a guy called uh, Paul Smith. His man, yeah, he could play status quo, as the, all that sort of stuff. Great guitar player. But, you know, when you're that age, we're like – just he's just – he had a vibe. You know what yeah. I mean? He had, a really, he had a cool swagger and he was a cool guy. You think, fuck yeah, man. You, and you go, that. It's like a, a design for life almost. Yeah. So I took a, took lessons from Paul for a few years, and we got the, the status quo stuff and the you know box shape and bends. Yeah, yeah, bends right. Are really important, you know. Mm. Yeah, the bends good. Yeah. And I, know, I noticed with your playing uh, with, with the baby animals, you do a lot of the the finger finger picking as well, which is not the easiest thing to do either. So, did that come later on, or was that something that you were learning along the way? Um. I, th I think Warren taught me Timmy Rimmy. It was a T I M I R I M I. Oh yeah. yeah. Index T I middle index ring index like a sixteenthy kind of thing. So that right. kind of got me started. 
but yeah, Timmy Rimmy. Yeah, and so right. just sort of adapted that. And sometimes, you know, when you don't have a pick and just, you know, messing around. But always use always use these two as well as a pick, always kind of claw, do the claw as well for your for your, for your right, you know. Yeah. Just help I don't know, voice the voicing, I guess. Yeah. Was music something that you always wanted to do? Or was there other options like to go to high school, go to university, or was it no, nah, I'm set. I'm going to do it. And did you have pressure from family sort of pushing it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, my dad was an industrial engineer. My mum's a pharmacist, mm. was. So, like, they're pretty they're pretty smart cookies. The option that I had at leaving year 12 was I did, I did okay. So I would have got myself into a Bachelor of Economics and Diploma of Education. Like, right. so I could be an economics teacher, right. which at year 12, when, you, when you're listening to the Cure, or just or you want to be in Radio Birdman, <laughs> Dennis Tech and Radio Birdman, I didn't I wanted to be, get into the? They would have liked me to get into the conservatorium, but unfortunately my my overall aggregate wasn't enough to get me into that. Oh. What's that line? Right. Because I've been playing in bands and not studying, <laughs> going out on weekends and playing with people who were older than me and drank a lot. <laughs> so so I deferred. For a year, oh, and evidently yeah. I'm still deferring. <laughs> right. I disappointed my mum a bit because she's a she's a brain. She's like, well, you know, Mensa kind of IQ. So I, I kind of, in retrospect, I didn't give myself a plan B. Right. There was no. I can always fall back on. I can always go back and yeah. do that. It's like at the point where yeah, there was no plan B. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go. I'm going to. Move to Sydney and starve and eat tomato sauce sandwiches for like eight months <laughs> and go on the dole and kind of live the dream. Yeah. But it was hard because I think during that during that moving to Sydney time, mm. you know, when you first have your heart broken and you go into the band that breaks up and everyone's fighting and it's like, yeah. oh, wow, I would have probably deferred to my plan B. I would have gone, fuck this. Yeah. I'm gone. I'm out of here, you know. I'll just I'll go back to safe, but I I, I kind of left myself no safe. So it. yeah, yeah. There was no there was no plan B. Credit to you for for sticking in there and doing it. So is this the stage where you did meet up with the guys from Swing Strip, the Chisel covers band? In and around there, yeah. Moved to <laughs> moved to Sydney for to to join a band called Voltage oh. after seeing an ad in the Sunday paper. Right. <laughs> It was unreal. It was Gone are the days of that. Do the they guy? still do that? Do they still well, do that now? We've got a gig booked at the Clavelli RSL. Can you come down for an audition? So I did have to drive an hour and a half down to the, you know this audition for these guys, and they're all older than me. I'm, you know, I was like, what, nineteen at that point? Yeah, something around there. Uh, yeah, so you got into that band. So it's it's funny the different the, the different um, what do you call it personalities that you experience because you know a lot of these guys are older. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been around, man, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, yeah, it's cool. So I did, you know, I kind of shut up and just took it took it all in, took it all on board, found out, learned from a lot of people how to act, learned from a lot of people not how to act. Yes. You know, as you as you as you go through your kind of journey. But yeah, swing shift sort of culminated in that kind of journey. Yeah. Mm. I stopped not starving at swing shift. Is that something that you were like, yes, I'm stuck. Okay, I'm making enough money now to pay rent and all that. Or was it always the, the, the passion, the dream to, to get the originals up and going? 
Well, me and a couple of fellas were in an original band. Oh, right. We had no prospects. Well, not no prospects. We had some songs. I was the you know rhythm guitar player. The other old mate Andy was a singer. He's a he's a great guitar player and everything like that. But we had like nothing. What are we going to do? And it's like, well, we're both Chisel fans. I think it's time to kill the sacred cow, and we're going to have to form a Cold Chisel tribute band. Yeah. Which we did, and so put this band together and through different peer mutations. And it, you know, it, it initially it wasn't that flash. Mm. But we got to the point where we had our own road crew. Yeah, right. Wow. You know, PA, an agency. We'd come to Melbourne and do, you know, four or five nights on a stretch because that's back in the day when the whole cover band thing was banging down here, you know. There was just people everywhere. And go home and we'd make some money, make a living. Yeah. We got cars. We bought cars. Yeah, right. Wow. That sort of thing, you know. Andy had, like, bought this little flash little Corolla or something with the wide wheels and he's like – He's like, this is fucking great. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's good. You know, we got girlfriends. It was like, great. But, you know, we're in the cover band. I'm doing you know, doing Ian Moss in a different key. Yeah. It was, a great, it was a great way to play guitar, but because the singer's voice kind of wasn't Drop near down. the same. Well, and a couple, we're, we're, we're back a th- yeah, semitone, right. semitone and a half. Wow. Sometimes a tone. You know, sorry, a tone and a half, sometimes a tone. But still, kind of making it work because the songs are the, the songs are great yeah, songs. Yeah, sure. No. Yeah. Back like in the in the nineties and the two thousands, where it was all in a lot of bands in standard E, and then now all of a sudden they're all in drop D, playing the same songs that they did 30, 40 years ago, just to have that. They don't have to reach that uh, E note. That's like, right because yeah. when you do when you do the killer vocal when you're twenty four years old and you're yeah. going. The big stretch, you yeah. don't realise that if you, you still have to do it when you're 60. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. you're, so you're like, oh, it's, it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna work there, you know? Yeah. What happens with the baby animals? Are you dropping it down like half a step or? T- oh no. no, no, we have Suze Demarchi as the singer. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she bangs it out of the park every time. That, that, every that time. should be just the answer. Oh, we've got Susie. That, that should be just yeah. the answer. <laughs> we, start, we start in E-flat, and we, we're in E-flat, and that's the way the songs go. Yeah. And she bangs it out of the – it's otherworldly. That voice is – it is otherworldly. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes even jamming, you know, when it's on acoustics and stuff, and she starts to sing, I just go – because sometimes you don't you, – you're too close to it. And you just think, oh, jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. So who was it that first – asked you about trying out for the baby animals because they, apparently they seem to know you. Did you know them or before you did the oh, like the tryout? Well, what happened when I was in Swing Chef, I, I used to – I was working as a courier for this hmm. agency uh, called Court on Blur Agency in, on Broadway in Sydney, which was the drummer from our first our first band sort of was working there part-time. He goes, you need, you need, to, you know, you need a job, come and, come and do this. They deliver contracts and posters and pick up checks and stuff like that. So I, I did that. And then I, there was word came around that Rose Tattoo are looking for a guitar player. Mm. So I'm this guy. It's, what, ni- oh, 1986 or seven. I had a blonde mullet. <laughs> no tattoos. As you do. 
<laughs> As you did then, right? Yeah, like, that's right. Well, the, the streaks, the the um, yeah, where they put the hat on you and pull the hair out and give the give you the blonde salt and pepper look, and then give give the undercut. All that shit, man. Had all that shit going on. on. You know, red Reeboks, skinny you know, girls' jeans, that whole some, look. You got some pictures. Classic on, uh, 1986, 87. But yeah, it was a it was a classic. The Jason Donovan. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. Hair, hair of the day. The girl, Kerry Roberts, who owned the agency, said, you should go and have a tryout. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, these guys are scary. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this. They're badass. Go and have a go. Go and have a go. You never know. So went to um, Potts Point to their, their agency. I remember seeing Angry in the office. He glared at me. <laughs> he to pick up a cassette of the, the audition tape. And he's like, oh, yeah. Who so, are you? <laughs> exactly. Why? What are you? Why are you here? So went along that Saturday, and having learnt the stuff, well, learnt, well, what I thought were my bits, and the band was Angry, Andy Cishon, Scotty Johnson, who'd played in Roasted, uh, in Jimmy and the Boys, Tim Gaze, who was a really well-known slide guitar player, and so it was like those four and me. And this this Marshall, and it was the loudest I've ever played guitar in my life. <laughs> and I just w- went as hard as I could for it. And I went, no, it's, it's good. We've got a couple of other guys to try out. That's fine, you know, give you a buzz. And then they invited me back the next weekend, and I was thinking, oh, I've got it. They've invited me back. <laughs> but, so we, but we just had a jam then. right? But what the, invi- what the invite back was, because Andy Sishon was kind of just – we became pretty good mates. He just wanted to have a play. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, oh, I've got the gig. I've got it. Finally made it. You know, blonde blonde mullet, no tattoos. But the answer was, oh, we're gone with someone else. But that's cool. And I thought, okay, cool. I've, I've got swing shift. No problem. We're making 400 bucks a week. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. things. laughs> he suggested that um, when Susie was came out from London that um, she put a band together and they he threw my name into the hat. Why don't you give Blonde Mullet a go? And so I got a, a, a call when I was out with Swing Shift saying that, uh, well, me, you know, you, you have the gig if you want it. It just seems interesting because they knew you before you tried out, obviously. Andy knew me, yeah. Right. Through Rose Tattoo. Right. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's all about kind of networking and making friends, really. Yeah. You know, because Rose Tattoo, I mean, and now, I, you know, we're good. I'm really good friends with Angry. You know, yeah. takes me and my my boys out out That's in the so bush, cool. and you know, yeah, it's great. It's really awesome. Yeah. And he's and he's still rocking out too. Like the last show that I saw in Australia, I saw Guns and Roses, and that was the support band, and it's like Angry still rocking he's a out. Badass. Yeah. Yeah, he's a badass. But I'm, I'm a single dad, you know, and he's a single dad too. So he used to spend a lot of time with us and take the boys out and, and do all that sort of thing. So, yeah, he's he's a sweetheart. Yeah, so you got the call and – or did you uh, – for your tryout for the baby animals? Well, Susie was already in Sydney. She'd flown out oh, from right. Right. Then, yeah, the other, guy, the other two guys when I first walked in weren't there. It was Brent Eccles from the Angels that were there who he actually gave me, the, gave me the, the call. And another guy, Stefo, who I'm not sure how he was connected, but he was playing bass. Bruce went along for went along for a jam, mm. you know. As soon as as soon as Susie opened her mouth, I'm like, oh, 
Great. Yeah, it's a given. I think one of the early incarnations of the band was Johnny Batchelor, who was a guy um, who played in the Drop Bears, singer songwriter from the Drop Bears. Your first impressions of Susie? Well, she looked a bit like a boy. She had this like a a hat. She she wasn't working it, man. Yeah, right. As soon as she sang, I'm like, oh. And they sent me some song, like, yeah, 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 she's really good. Plus, I knew that she was connected with Woodruff, John Woodruff, who, you know, managed the Angels and Diesel at the time. And because, you know, being an up-and-coming, you've got to check the form guide, you know what I mean? You've got to be, what do they call it, industry savvy. Yes. You've got to know who, you, who you're talking to if you're talking to them and recognise any opportunity that you're given. So I guess that's what it, that's what it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you had you had your jam, you had your tryout, and then when did the the two guys from Perth come into the band? Did they come in later, or was it? Yeah, no, I think there was a few tryouts. Yeah, I think they might have tried out a couple of other guys. Right. And then Eddie and Frank from Perth, whom Suze knew from yeah. you know having been over there, have been they'd been playing in a band called Bamboo Curtain in right. northern suburbs of Sydney. Actually, I used to go and see Bamboo Curtain and go. Mm. Me and Andy from Swing Shift used to go and see Bamboo Curtain and go, fuck, these guys are great, man. What a great rhythm section. And then next minute, I'm in a band with these guys. Wow. Yeah, it was it was all it's great. It was a great journey, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What was the transaction of going from swing shift to was it see you later swing shift or was it like a, a slow process to get into the baby animals? We started well, BA started rehearsing non-stop pretty much straight away still swings is still playing but then i just had to kind of give my notice in and these guys are like are you crazy are you gonna do all this up we've got our own road crew (laughs) (laughs) we go on tour we go to adelaide we go to melbourne you're crazy i'm like (laughs) i just don't want to be an ian moss impersonator all my life yeah i mean as much as i love him i love him you know i was the best guitar lesson of my whole life actually being that guy or trying, yeah. actually trying to be that guy was the best guitar lesson of my whole life. Yeah. And this is on the up, this thing, you know, management, all infrastructure. Yeah. Mm. What was it about, like, those first couple of jams we had with the guys? Did you know that this is cooking, this is really hot? Well, I loved Eddie and Frank from the get-go because I used to go and see the them The rhythm anyway. section, yeah. It's a dream of being in a band with them. Yeah. And so, they're, they, you know, those two guys are a, are a band amongst themselves. So it was easy for me because I just play kind of Andy Summersy kind of thing that began began like that over the top of them because they're already a bad it, it's already it's already a hole right and is and so I was just I'm just embellishing at this point you know when we first started messing around with with stuff before we got into the deep riffs mm. and getting together all day every day and going okay you know let, what's your favorite band let's let's explore some stuff and go Budgie Led Zeppelin Wow. Go riffage and just spend hours and hours and hours crafting this stuff. Stop. And it was and that basically, you know, from the get-go, our management said, this is your full-time job now. This is it. This is it. So you get together. All, it's a nine-to-fiver. You get together all day, wow. every day. Yeah. Which wow. I wish, I mean, I, I wish I could afford the luxury of doing that now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just, just, oh, it'd be awesome. You know, because right. if even if you get you spend a day where you don't do anything, it doesn't matter. Because it's the whole getting yeah. together of the of the team, the chemistry right. of it. And then how long did it take you to start? Were you playing gigs in that time or you wanted to make sure that you were 
fully locked in. Well, I think we're still cutting our teeth as a band when we start doing shows. I mean, when when we did our first show, we weren't even baby animals. Mm. Band called Woody's Heroes, and I think we got a couple of different names as well. Woody's Heroes. We settled as as baby animals. Yeah, yeah, because we were looking for a, looking for a name. So why baby animals? I think Frank the drummer, a calendar about the size of an LP record, and he goes, "Look, this looks like a record cover." So he goes, "Baby animals," and immediately I'm like, "Oh, really?" Because we're throwing we're throwing around, you know how you know how hard it is to yes try and find a a great band name yes and we've gone through so many really stupid band names. Oh, <laughs> yes. this is not going to stick, is it? But I think, you know what? Whatever, it's majority rule. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's unreal. All right. So I guess it's still you know it sticks. So I was reading all these things about the Wheel of Fortune host. John Burgess, they called him Babyface. Baby and John how, Burgess. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how you got the baby animals. So I don't know. There's all these rumors about how you got the band name. <laughs> well, there was a bunch of stuff that we made up so that we had. Oh right. <laughs> I think the baby John Burgess one might have been mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's still on the internet. It still says that, that. Yeah. Still not my favorite band name, but anyway, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah. When did you decide to uh, look at doing some recordings? In that process, well, we were writing pretty well full-time for you know, a year, getting together all the time, playing Springfields on a Friday night, starting at like 1.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah, taking your son, like walking out at daylight, playing in front of musicians. And it's funny when you play in front of a bunch of musicians how um, uh, you, you cut your teeth real quick. It was. It wasn't that long. We'd we'd got we'd given a been given a couple of because of management we'd been given a couple of really good opportunities to support like the Angels through the yeah. Years. Man, and was it Barnsley as well? Did Barnsley as well? Yeah, you're yeah. Playing with Barnsley. Barnsley through regionals. Oh my. Yeah, I heard you in another interview where we've got a female singer and we're supporting Barnsley and it's like we're going to bring our yeah. A plus. <laughs> yeah. To... If you look up the definition of hostile crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, we'd yeah. we'd we'd put I don't know, we were supposed to play for forty minutes and we'd we'd do about twenty five minutes of songs. We'd like just just bang, don't talk, just just go. Yeah. Like, as hard as you can, you know? Yeah, yeah right. Because they'd go, they'd start toward the back end of the set, the whole crowd would just go, Bah and they'd they'd drown the band out. Like wow. a soccer crowd. Yeah. You know? No, all the way through the all the way through our songs, you want to feel a little warmth. Bunsy. Oh no. <laughs> Bunsy. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we got cut no slack at all. Yeah. Wow. But a, a good one. Our audiences are more sympathetic to our support acts. Yes, that's right. You went to New York, was it, to record the album? We did about ten days with Mike Chapman, who, yeah, Aussie expat, produced. Written a million hits, produced you know, he produced my Sharona, which is good enough for me. Wow! And Ballroom Blitz, look, bang, he's from Queensland. Tell me about him. You have a good relationship with him. He was great. Yeah, yeah, I did have a good relationship with him actually. Yeah, mm. he made me angry a couple of times when uh, you know, leave me out in the in the recording in the live room and I'd do a part and he'd sit back and go, hey, it's all right, just talk about yourselves, and then sit around and go. And I'm thinking they're fucking talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with you know, with a, in front of a really loud guitar, maybe a bit hungover. And then come back out. Ah, no, go again. I'm like, oh, yeah. what are you talking about? What? 
go again like what do you want changed yeah to the point where he'd do it so many times that i'd walk into the control room he'd go oh you're good you're done or go again and a couple of times we'd go yeah well not more than a couple but quite a few times we'd go out to a bar but one time we went out and i said why are you torturing me like this yeah why are you punishing me like this man it's like just you know all in he goes you play better when you're angry <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh really? Like you're fucking with my head? Yeah, but now you've told me. He's yeah, told no, me well, I can, I'll, just, I'll just play better when I'm happy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> then we're good. It was pretty. It was a good fun recording in that in that thing. It was like it was the gig. Was it a long process? No, it wasn't. Actually, it wasn't that long at all. Probably a week or so in Bearsville in the upstate up, up New York to do the the big room with the drums and everything, where Jeff Buckley recorded Grace. Mm fantastic studio yeah. um and then down to another studio in long island where we do you know the rest of it the overdubs right. they got the basic tracks the big bush bar kabah, that's that room that's the bearsville room right kevin shirley yeah listening to it now it just still stands the test of time like the music like you listen to some of the music from the 80s uh, that late 80s and the early 90s and it's like uh, this album just i listened to it today it was Fantastic, just blast! That, oh man, rush you! I, should, I, should listen to it more often. <laughs> I just, I can't listen to it without criticizing it. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I heard those stories about the cover of the album as well, and I was like, at the start you were like at the front, and then you got pushed back, 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 because uh, I'm introducing new friends to the baby animals, and I always get the question like. Why is the rest of the band? You can't even hardly see the band. No, have you seen us? <laughs> That's right. You're, you're out of focus and you're like... I know. What? We're out of focus and at the back, which is the best way. <laughs> Bass player Eddie used to get pissed off. Like, Why is Susie always up the front? I said, well, do you own a mirror? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you have to play to our strengths here. Yeah, you know That's right. Yeah. And so it's fine. You know, I always have the joke in the, any photo shoot. I'm like, well, I'll be up the back. <laughs> out of focus because that's that's you know that's where i feel most at home play your guitar play your instrument uh, yeah. better heard than not seen i just want to get off topic it was a coincidence you wore a t-shirt at a show it was i think it was the dawson rsl and it yeah. had i've got a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell, cowbell. <laughs> you know what i was wearing that shirt as well that same night and i said that what? same night what a coincidence. I, actually, it was actually it was that show, Enmore, in Sydney. What a great skit that is, man. Oh. I, I love the whole Jimmy Fallon thing where he's like, he's in the background, Can't and Will stop. Ferrell's doing the thing, and Chris <laughs> Walker is deadpan, and Will Ferrell's nearly losing it, and Jimmy Fallon is fucking gone. He's gone. <laughs> in the background, he's like, he's, he's out. He's, got the, yeah. he's, he's tanked. He can't, he can't do it. Uh, he goes, quit this off. Selfish gene. <laughs> that's, that's all he had, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you... He's so good. He's like, cock the walk, baby. He's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, the actor. Yeah. Oh. Like, the proper actor. Oh, that, that's that's what I mean about that, that whole skit. I don't There's know. So, I don't, so much depth in there. There's so much <sighs> good stuff, you know. You come back to Australia. You brought the album out. Man, it went like a bang. Did you play in Australia? Then you went to the UK with uh, Brian Adams, yes. then it was Van Halen? Yeah, we played in Australia, and as the early warning and everything came out, all of a sudden there's all these people at the gigs, 
which was, fa- you know, fantastic. It was great. Yeah. It was a dream come true. I mean, the first time you hear your song on the radio, he's driving down the road, and you go, you actually didn't even register because you've heard it so many times. It's like, oh, fuck, this is it's triple M. Oh, my God. And it's still a thrill. It's still a thrill. It doesn't happen that much these days. But yeah. when, you know, when it does, I go, oh, yeah, it's okay, kill. That's pretty good. Did it get played on Triple J or was it more of a mainstream Triple M rock well, radios? We I think we got played on Triple J as well. I think we did a live at the wireless at one point. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But early, I've got photos of it, man. Like, judging by the pants I'm wearing, it was pretty <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty early. You know, yeah. it's just, like, there's certain sort of hair. It would have been probably 91 yeah, way pre-Van Halen. It was, would have been while we were still touring around here before Brian Adams. Right. We picked up, we got this tour to go and do uh, Europe with Brian Adams, who who was wow. like surfing this massive wave with the Waking Up the Neighbours album. Yeah, you know? right. Wow. Was it just management or was it actually him that – Because I, 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 I think it was labeled. Label. Right, right. Because I heard that it was actually Eddie Van Halen that was saying, hey, we want these guys on tour, right? Um, yeah, on the, on the Van Halen one it was, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was Val, Valerie Bertinelli, actually. Oh, yeah, him. right, right, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. the wife, the wife, <laughs> right, right. 